Yo, welcome back everybody to Rodeo Radio episode 23. And actually before I uh, announce my special guest, uh, let me make uh, some special announcements. Uh, for those that have been asking and DMing me and inboxing me and leaving comments on uh, when are you going to be on audio podcast, we're already on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, TuneIn, uh, Radio Public, Cashbox, Podcast, uh, Pocket Podcast, Breaker, Podbean, and Overcast. So once again, uh, we'll announce, announce that once again during the break. But um, let me see. The Rody Makes It documentary, like I said, I'm a firm believer in promoting yourself until it pays off. And right now, I would put this up against any West Coast documentary out right now. Directed by me, filmed by John Elkins. And uh, <clears throat> we'll have some other special announcements coming up soon. But without further ado, please allow me to introduce the number one promoter in all of California, probably nationwide, <laughs> my good buddy, Bobby D. Thank you for coming, brother. How you doing, brother? Thank you for having me. It's for, it, well, it's an honor to be able to, to interview you, especially since uh, seeing you driving up in the back car, the Batmobile. <laughs> you guys got to see his Batmobile, beautiful car. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, before we get started, because I know it's still January, we're still somewhat close to the holidays, mm -hmm. they were just over. Mm -hmm. How were your holidays beginning Thanksgiving? I didn't rest, bro. Like, everybody had time off, and everybody went on, on vacation mode, and I worked even harder, you know, because I got Snoop on tour. I got Lisa Lisa coming up on a tour, so I haven't... I don't know what a holiday meant. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, Christmas, did, did you did you have fun giving away gifts or receiving yeah, gifts? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Uncle Bobby for everybody, so I got to give away gifts and, and, and take care of everybody. I got a bunch of nieces and nephews that I didn't even know I had. So, you know, they come out of the woodwork. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I was just with my, my dad. Mom and dad was watching the Laker game. Okay. It was cool. Yeah. And uh, New Year's night, how did you spend that? You know what I did, bro? I stayed home. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I watched the Dick Clark show. L.O. Cool J uh, did a great job. And I love it. Yes. Bro. Stay away yes. from all the craziness. You know, mm -hmm. my dad had a show at the Quiet Cannon with Too Short. Oh, okay. It went real good with Sugar Free, and I just checked in. And Too Short called me, says, "Can I get out?" I go, "Go, go, go, do your thing." You know, Happy New Year's. Awesome, cool. awesome. Yeah. Before we get into what is Bobby D doing now, what is mm -hmm. Bobby D going to be doing in the future? Sure. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, uh, I, I like the public to get to know you mm -hmm. for who you are as a person. For an example, uh, I like sometimes I like to ask goofy questions like, um, "What do you do like on days off? If you have any days off, are you like a Netflix guy? Do you go to the movies? Do you you know what do you do?" You know the one thing I love to do, bro, is is sit in my room by myself and watch TV and watch what's going on, and I love the movies. Right. You know, whether I go with, you know, my significant other or whoever that is. And, you know, just I like to just just chill when I'm not working, bro. You know, really? I don't like clubs anymore because I grew up in nightclubs because of my father. And I just like to just chill. You know, people think I have this crazy life and I'm like, nah, I'm home. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, believe, believe it or not, 
I'm the same way. I like to get the direct uh, TV remote yeah. and just watch TV, uh, ESPN, catch up on PTI mm -hmm. or whatever. I watch a lot of documentaries, but I also buy a lot of movies. So whenever I want to watch it, oh, you yeah. know. Have you seen any good movies lately? I saw The Irishman. I saw Star Wars, which I thought was going to be a disappointment. That movie was off the hook, bro. I mm -hmm. enjoyed it, and I didn't want it to end. It really? answered all the questions it needed to be answered, so I won't spoil nothing. But it was off the hook. Really? Oh, yeah, I grew up on Star Wars, too. Yeah, I watched The Irishman. I, I thought it was really good. Some people say it was too yeah. long. Yeah. I, I like the fact that you were able to see Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino together. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I pretty much enjoyed it. But the Star Wars movie, I have not seen it. Uh, uh, have you been to the Star Wars land? In no. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Yeah. And... I kind of got lost in there, bro. I didn't know what to look for. <laughs> so I just walked out. <laughs> really? Yeah, true shit. Right. Okay. Well, that's yeah. what I need to I need to go there. Yeah, and I sure. haven't watched the Star Wars, but I, I, I will watch, especially since I love Star Wars. Yeah. So um, wh wh where was Bobby D uh, raised at, or should I say born at? We're from Huntington Park. I was born in Linwood. Um, Pops is from the hood. So we bounced from Southgate to uh, Linwood to Southgate to Huntington Park. And then we uh, when we thought we came up, we moved to Downey. Really? Yeah, we thought we made it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The Mexican Beverly Hills. Okay, yeah, the Mexican Beverly Hills. Uh -huh. And and growing up, uh, were you one of those smart kids out in school, man? Did you get good grades in elementary? You know, to be honest with you, school was really easy for me. Too easy. And what I started doing was in high school, um, I started working really early and becoming an entrepreneur. And I fell in love with a girl who had a kid. My mom wasn't having it. So she kicked me out. And, wow. Uh, you know, I, I let school go by the wayside, but passing the test and all that was easy. So my principal made a made an arrangement with me. He goes, look, just come twice a week. I was working at a nightclub as a bouncer. And he goes, I'll look the other way. And, you know, you just come in. And he goes, pass your test and you're good. So I went in literally senior year for two periods, math and science. And I didn't go to prom. I didn't do nothing. Wow. So it was easy. It was just wow. one of those things where it's like I was trying to support a kid that wasn't mine. I was a kid myself. And, uh, you know, that was the story. My mom was right about everything she told me. She goes, you fall over the chola. You'll watch, watch what happens. Right, and it was right. all bad. It yeah. was all bad. Yeah, it was all well, bad. What, what uh, junior high school did you attend? Uh, let me see. Where did I go? I can't even remember, bro. Somewhere in Bellflower, bro. Okay. That was the worst time of my life. I hated <laughs> Bellflower, bro. No disrespect to anybody from Bellflower, but right. I hated Bellflower. And, mm -hmm. and what about um, high school? What high school did you High school, go? I went to St. John Bosco for one year. And I, oh. and I killed my parents because at that time, they weren't doing good. And, you know, they thought that... Because my older brother went there that I had to go there. Right. I said, give me the heck out of this boy's school. I ain't trying to be here. So right. I went to Downey, and uh, it was fun. Yeah. It was really cool. Play any sports? I was always working. Like I said, really? I had that entrepreneur spirit. I always wanted to be what my dad was. So if I was helping him on the weekend, if I wasn't helping him, I'd start doing security and started doing martial arts and, you know, trying to be a tough guy to be cool in the club. And, you know, yeah, I, I didn't have any fun as far as, like, going out and hanging with people. Right. That wasn't my thing. What was fun to me was working. Okay. Yeah. Brothers, sisters. Two brothers. An older brother and a and a and a, and a smaller brother. Man, oh. these are these are they're huge. My little brother's six foot five. My older brother looks like a tank. You know, I think I'm the runt. Well, you're pretty big too. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Like when I saw you, I was like, you're a tall dude, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm six six two. Yeah. Okay. And and um, now uh, you were a football guy, baseball guy, soccer guy. What sport do you follow the most? Football. You know, like anybody, but I also follow martial arts, UFC. I was one of the first ones to join with the UFC when they first started with the Gracies. Uh -huh. So I was training with them, and I got to know them on a family level. I've been with them for like 23, 24 years now. Wow. And I got to train with them. We started a company together. So I've always been more in martial arts, you know, okay. back then when it was like taboo. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you got a favorite football team? Saints and Raiders. Saints and Raiders. Okay. College? Yeah. Uh, no, nah, man. You know, I always like Florida, bro. Don't, don't ask me why. It's the worst team, but I like them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, to get to know Bobby a little bit more, uh, mm -hmm. growing up at home, 
what, what type of music uh, was actually played uh, in your home? Like, what would your dad play or what would your mom bump at home? I was lucky, bro, because my mom and dad were young. You know, they had me when they were super young. Um, but I was exposed to Mary Wells, you know, the oldie stuff. My mom was always listening to Patsy Cline. Um, everything, bro, like hip-hop. You know, my dad was like one to show me everything. And I was stuck by his side. So I got the, the I got I got lucky. You know, just hear yeah. everything. I know earlier you were sharing with me that uh, you liked a lot of Elvis. Yeah. yeah, that was my grandma. You know, she she was one of those Mexican women that would go to Vegas. You know, uh -huh. with her hair all done up real high, and you know, probably didn't belong there, but she was uh, she was an Elvis fan. Wow! So she got me into it. <laughs> it, it. It sounds like your dad was like real instrumental in your life, and probably yeah. possibly still. He's is. my best friend. You know, wow. I, like I said, he uh, he taught me a lot, and he took a, a, an interest in me early on to teach me the business. You know, he never hid anything from me. My pops did a lot of stuff in the beginning that. He used to go away, you know what I mean, on vacation. Yeah, yeah. And he did that for our family. So, you know, I seen him doing that. And there was times when I'd say, hey, come home now. He's like, I can't. I got to be here. You know, I called them the race car drivers. I was like, you know, can we right. leave now? He's like, no, I got to stay here for a while, but don't worry, you're good. Right. So, you know, it was just one of those things where I seen that growing older, I started to realize where he was and what he was doing. And it was all for us. Right. You know, to make sure we were cool. Okay. You know, so, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And now, um, well, t t tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, about your dad as far as how how instrumental was he as far as music is concerned? Because sure. I know you're in the music business yeah. now. So. Yeah, well, he started Bobby D. Presents in 1985. You know, he had a nightclub that was like a, a hub for all the new people. Like, we broke Tone Loke, Young MC, Mellow Ace was a big, big part. Him and my dad are very good friends to this day. Mm. Um, so everybody would come to my dad's club. If you were about to pop, you'd go to his club. He'd see how it was. Like, Melomenes would always sell out the cover girls in 1987, Lisa Lisa, Mary Wells right before she died. So I got to grow up on this, and I said, oh, new kids on the block. I took wow. them in and out when I was, like, 12 or 11. Wow. It was cool. And they yeah. were the greatest dudes on earth, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that was my next question. I was going to say, how old were you when you saw all of this? I had to be 10 or 11, you know? And like I said, my dad would have me inside the club because I was his best friend, and I was his road dog, you know, much to the to the dismay of my mom. And, you know, my mom was like, get him out of that stupid club. Right, you know? right. I love being there. Now, 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 let me ask you this. You know, being there at the club, do you, do you ever feel at one point that maybe I shouldn't have been at the club because it did something to me? I'll give you an example why I asked that. Uh, I had graduated to sixth grade. And I shared a story before where my brother was a DJ at a club in Long Beach called Grand Central Station. Yeah. And uh, he used to DJ there. And I always see him get dressed up, buy his records, leave, you know, his nice baggy pants, comb his pompadour and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I told him, man, I want to go with you to a club. And since being a, a tall kid, it being an 18 and over club, he goes, okay, I can sneak you in. Right. Just make sure you graduate. Right. So I did. Yeah. And that day he tells me, uh, um, you ready to go? And I said, yeah, go get dressed. I had my graduation three-piece polyester suit from Kmart. <laughs> I'm ready. I just went from graduation. We went to the club. But I will say this. The reason why I thought maybe I should have waited because at 11 years old, I had no business there. Right. Uh, simply because after that, all I thought about was I want to be a DJ and girls. Right. Right. So, did any of that happen to you? I mean, you know, I just probably shouldn't have seen the things I seen as far as like the drug use, this and that, because that's what happened, especially in the '80s. But I mean, me and my dad were obsessed with each other, bro. Me more, so, me more so with him. And you know, like I said, I it's just part of what I was growing up with too. You know, he never hid anything from me, bro. We would get raided, and you know, we would see things. And my my cousins were black, my uncles were black. I didn't know they weren't my cousins in real life or, or right. uncles, you know. But my pops was a plug. Right. You know what I mean? And every right. black I needed a plug. You know what I mean? So I didn't see any color lines. Right. So I grew up, you know, you talk about music. I would hear, you know, the platters. I would hear Jackie Wilson in my uncle's house. And I didn't know that Mount Curtis wasn't my uncle. I just took it for what it was. Right. So 
you know, as far as like, you know, expose me to the wrong thing, nah. Because it, it exposed me to the music. And I remember when I met Lisa Lisa, I asked for her phone number. You know, I remember when I met the cover girls, I asked for their, I was only 11 years old, bro. Wow. And I would actually call them. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Dino, all those old school freestyle artists. You know, my dad had them first. You know what I mean? So, wow. Yeah. And these were, what, uh, 84, 85? 84 100? to 87, we had that club. You know, wow. it, was, it was cool, man. It was a good time. You know, I had a blast. That's awesome. You know, because when I think about promoters, me being raised in the Harbor mm -hmm. area, uh, there was Carson, the city of Carson was really big in uh, promoting parties. There was a, a promotional group called Le Chic Attractions. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know JC. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, JC was like the main guy out here. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was a backyard, whether it was a hall, or whether it was a club, it was always him. So yeah. uh, I have history with uh, San Marico Hall. There you go. And they had, actually, we still have flyers with where. Um, um, the cover girls were there, yeah. expose right, was there right. during the freestyle, yeah. uh, the whole freestyle era. Mm -hmm. But um, so you're, it, w w what do you think encouraged your dad to like say, let me open up this club? I mean, was he already involved in the music somehow leading up to that? He always loved music, but I think, you know, when you're, every man that's from the streets wants two things, either a strip club or a nightclub. Yeah. And in his case, he didn't care about a strip club, but he wanted the nightclub because he loves music. And, you know, again, when you get a little bit of a little, little bit of cash, I guess, I guess where you put it into. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And, you know, the club was doing great. Financially, I don't think he was doing good, but, you know, we had good times there. It was just one of those things where Dan we were on the borderlands of Downey and Lakewood. So okay. Downey was giving us a lot of problems being a Mexican owner, whoop-de-whoop, bringing all this hip-hop in. I remember Easy e was there. I mean, it was just crazy times, bro. Right. But, yeah, it was, you know, it was cool. Do, do, do you have... Uh Possibly any pictures or any video, any type of memorabilia. Of all I have is old flyers we used to have. Really? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because no one was taking pictures. Of we were all just busy doing our thing. And my mom was going crazy watching my dad because he's young and in the club and watching her son that just keeps sneaking away. Because I would sneak out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would get on my bike and just dip. <laughs> so Wow, that kind of reminds me of me because mm -hmm. my first battle with the DJs was uh, March 24th, 1988. And it yeah. was in Carson. Yeah. And uh, I told my friend to take my turntables. I told my mom, Yamaway a dormir. Yeah. I turned off the lights, I got in bed, and I just opened up the window and I rolled out. Oh yeah, I would do that all the time. And yeah. I would always get caught. My mom would be right there just waiting to whip my ass. Well, yeah. you know, here's the funny part, because I won that battle, uh -huh. but I'm thinking, shit, how am I gonna bring this big ass trophy home? She doesn't even know that I'm, you know. <laughs> right. So so that was the deal. Yeah. Um, now, um, who, who would, did your dad have an in-house DJ there? Did he DJ? Did he ever allow you to DJ? His DJ was his partner, his name was Gabriel Renteria. Um, they call him THX. Okay. Yeah, and he was also the sound guy. You know, he was a guy that was real technical as far as in the club. Mm -hmm. And he was the bad news guy. My dad was the happy-go-lucky guy, the promoter. Mm -hmm. Gabriel was like the bad news guy, you know, that would tell you no and blah, blah, blah. But he was also the guy who knew how to run all the lights and turn on the music uh -huh. and blah, blah, blah. So he was he was the boss, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, now, as far as, like, your father, uh, did, did, did you see, how would you say, because you being a promoter now mm -hmm. and having possibly the most famous rapper in all the world mm -hmm. um <clears throat> did you ever see yourself like i want to do this when i grow up oh yeah oh for sure you know i see i seen the way that the artist interacted with my dad and i fell in love with it you know just the the actual camaraderie that he had it was sincere mm -hmm. like i remember sitting there with tone loke and you know when he just blew up like he you know he was he had wild thing right. and i just seen the way him and my dad interacted then young mc yeah. introduced him because it was all delicious vinyl days you okay know? Um, it was just cool seeing that and said, man, I got to be right there. You know? <laughs> I would like try to talk like him, walk like him. I was trying to do everything like my dad. 
Okay. Yeah, it was cool. And, uh, did you ever DJ? Did you ever no. get your pair turned no. nothing? I wish, bro. Was, oh. I, I used to look at the thing like, oh, man, that thing scares the shit out of me. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, well, it looked intimidating. Yeah, it, sometimes those mixers are very yeah. big, intimidating. Mm -hmm. um, the other day, we had uh, MC Pancho here. Okay. And he actually blessed me with the mixer that his mother had actually given him. Yeah. And back then, uh, I mean, I had the EQ, had the master, it had four different volumes, the microphone. And if you don't know what you're doing, the shit does look intimidating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? So uh, your dad had this club, if I'm correct, from 84 to 87. So around there, yeah. And after that, what took place as far as uh, promoting, as far as mm -hmm. uh, um, nightclubs concerned? Sure. Did you guys go take the next level? Or? Well, he sold the nightclub to, a, to a, a chain called La Zona Rosa, and the guy ended up getting killed. And, um, you know, my dad was a consultant there helping out. So then when he got, when he passed away, um, my pop said, well, on to the next thing. And my father targeted Central American music. Oh, okay. So he started doing concerts with like, you know, La Sonora de Nemita, Charlie Za, blah, blah, blah. So my dad was real instrumental in bringing salsa uh -huh. and all those music, cumbia and all that around here. Um, especially the Central Americans. We started going into the, like the Salvadorian market uh -huh. and they're great people, bro. Yeah. Like, we had such a good time and we did the Palladium and they didn't want us there. They hated Latinos there. Can I take this off? Yeah, go for it. Um, they hated us there, bro. And, um, but we were making good money. Yeah. Quietly, you know, because no one was missing with the Salvadorians. Now, 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 why do you think, why do you think, I mean... If the Palladium wanted to make money, you guys, because we're obviously we're talking about the Palladium in Hollywood. Sure. Well, why do you, what they want you guys there? They're terrified of, of the Latinos, bro. The Latinos. I remember the owner, like he's a cool, he's still alive. His name's Alan Schumann. I'm not putting him on blast, but he was like, your people scare me, Bob. They drink like fish, but they scare me. Yeah. And my dad would say, these are good people. They're hardworking people that came here to support your place. Like, you know, his numbers were always astronomical whenever we did shows there. We'd always really? sell out. And his bars and food would do double what you know some country show or this and that would do. It wasn't owned by Live Nation back then. Okay. And uh, but he would literally cut our bars off at ten thirty. Really? Yeah. He says, "I don't care. Your people scare me." And my dad's like, "This is before like any Me Too movement and all that." So it's like he could, you know, right. I'm being a little more careful what I'm, I'm saying it. Right. Yes. He was a little more animated. You know. Okay. Right? That's all right. We'll cut it off then. You know, we we'll have a bunch of sober people here. You know. And and, and how long did the Palladium go on for? Uh, we did those shows for about fifteen years. Wow. Yeah. Palladium's been there since like 1940 or something like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. But I had some good times. Don't get me wrong. The dude was cool. He was just a nut. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he was one of those dudes who would walk around the gun. He was a deputy sheriff on part time. And, you know, <laughs> and, and he was Jewish. I'm like, how are you going to be racist when you're Jewish? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Well, so For some reason, for our people still scare people. Yeah, exactly. You know? No matter why what. that Why that is, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but now... Uh, you know what I didn't ask you? How old was your dad when he started that club in 84? Because you keep saying that he was young. You know what? Yeah, he had to be 22. And I, I always trip out on that, bro, because I bought my first nightclub at 27. It was in Orange. And I'm like, you know, again, trying to you know mimic my dad and be a little like him. And yeah, he got hit when he was 22 years old. Oh, okay, now share with me about your club yeah. in Orange. What was the name of it? It was called Quan's Rock and Sushi. Okay. It was off the hook. We're like, it, it, I care about food. By the way, I own restaurants. Um, I don't know if you know that, but no. I went in there and the food was horrible. It, it was like not rated on anything. And I said, you know what? Let me go in there and fix the food first. Once I fixed the food, then I said, okay, there's a nightclub here too. All right, cool. Let me do the food first, then do the nightclub. And I got it popping. But the other owners before me had a lot of problems with the city. So they thought I was a front guy. They're like, you're 27. You ain't the owner of this place. And I was. And the city just kept smashing on me, just coming in and sending undercovers in there to try to bust me, you know, because I had a 47 license, which means anybody can go in there. Right. And um, long story short, but we had a two popping. You know, we I, I did what I do best. I hired a kid named Oscar Moreno, who's an uh -huh. OMJ, has all the popping nightclubs at Blush and uh, the Mirage. You know, okay. he did what he does. He was popping in 1,500 people on a uh -huh. Thursday night. 
and then Grant Lee was doing his thing, and it was just too successful. And they didn't believe that I was the owner. So the city shut it, shut it down. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of speechless on that. Uh, do you think possibly because you were you were Mexican? You 100%. 100%. 100%. The, the, the chief of police told me, he goes, you should have came and, and, and did the right thing with me. I go, what's that? He goes, you know what that is. He goes, you're, you're a gangster. I said, I'm not a gangster. I'm the farthest thing from a gangster. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted to get... Exactly. Wow. And about what year did, what did that one open up? 2007. 2007, mm -hmm. and then it closed. Mm -hmm. If you Google, you know, my name, uh -huh. which is Bobby Dreesline, it'll, it'll, the first thing that pops up is that, you know, the nightclub thing, how I cleaned it up. I did everything by the book and blah, blah, blah. And the city show, they shut me down. Wow. Yeah. And so now after that, what is Bobby D's next move? After that, man, I was just starting to really take the, the, the promotion serious. I had created the Freestyle Festival in 2004. Okay. okay, and that was the first time we did it uh, with Stevie B and Lisa Lisa at, at, at Quaiken, and it bombed. Really? Maybe about 50 people. But I said, hmm, do I give up on this? And Stevie B goes, I don't know. I can't be playing these dead crowds. Are you crazy? Because Stevie B is like, a, he's a beast. Right, you know? right, right. And Lisa Lisa was more like, don't worry, we'll get it, babe. It's all good. Don't worry about it. You know, next year, blah, blah, blah. Next year, <clears throat> 500 people showed up. You know that? 1,500 people showed up. Before you knew it, when 2000... Nine, we had about 4,000 people in there. It was completely done. Like, we couldn't put any more people in there. Wow. That's when I knew I was on something. I said, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I had, like, 12 artists on there. Lisa Lisa, Expose, Trenere, Debbie Deb, Susie Q, or Stacey Q, I'm sorry. Everybody, bro. Everybody. Yeah. Any artist you ever come across that you would possibly say, man, I'll never work with that fucking dude again? Yeah, there's a few, but I'd rather not say because... I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a few, you know? Yeah, yeah you know, because my brother, uh, uh, again, he wasn't a promoter, but he used to DJ there, and sometimes, because he was kind of husky, yeah. I say he was husky buff, you yeah. know? Uh, he like used me. To, <laughs> he used to security as well, and um, UTFO, this was like in 1985, yeah. because this was the, the Fresh Fest, mm -hmm. And they were performing over here in Long Beach and UTFO. I got a chance to meet them as a youngster. Yeah. They went to the club, uh, Salt and Pepper, the Fat Boys. So they just kind of did like a walkthrough, wow. you know. But he would say certain people, that guy was a fucking asshole. Yeah. That guy this, that guy that, that guy this. And I, even now, once in a while, when I still go out and DJ and I, uh, I DJ for a certain artist, the headliner, for some reason, he don't want to come out of the room unless right. he gets all his fucking money. He wants more money. Right. He didn't know that this clothes was going to be this packed. Uh, he, now he wants fucking weed. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, man, you just need to be fucking blessed that you're even here. Right, right. You know, so so I, I could I could imagine some maybe some of the headaches on some of the sleepless nights that you possibly went well, I had a crazy experience, and I won't say who. You guys could probably guess. It's one of the biggest reggaeton artists in, in the oh, world. Okay. Old school. We had him at Quiet Cannon, and we had about 5,000 tickets sold. Don't ask me how, how we fit that many, because 4,000 is the cap. But they're, the Central Americans are smaller people, yeah. you know, generally. So we had about 5,000 kids in there. Um, and he wouldn't go on unless he got his cocaine. And again, I'm not going to say who it was. You, right, you could right. take a guess. And I finally went in there. I go, hey, you better get your ass on stage. You know, I'm not a fucking drug dealer. Get your shit and get on. And, and I'll try to see if I can get you something. We'll see. Right, we'll see if it right, falls right. From, the, from the sky. Right. It did. He got on, but he was like, Adam, I'm not getting on, blah, 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 no puedo, blah, blah, no, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I went through that. You yeah. know what I would have did? I would have just put a little pre-workout. That's it. On the, you know <laughs> Go ahead, take that That's shit. I'm almost weak. That's it. So, so the, the club, the, the, how, how long was your club open for, like, total? Uh, that one in Orange? Yeah. About a year. About a year. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Sounded like, like it was a fucking gold mine, but then- It was, bro. It, my hookah bar was huge. I mean, the hookah bar itself was the size of, of most clubs. And it just was one of those things where it's like, I, I would even be in there saying, 
how do I own this place? I'm not supposed to own this. Right, <laughs> it's right, too good to be right. true. And it was, you know. One thing that I get from you, Bobby, honestly, is just talking to you is that obviously you were groomed for this. Mm -hmm. Your dad was very instrumental in your life. And when you go somewhere, you already know, how can I make this right? right, right. And honestly, if there's anything that I can say, I fucking love your hustle, bro. Yeah, thank you, bro. Uh, uh, I love your vision as far as like, you know, let me do the food over here. Uh, uh, let me do the, get the music right. Let me right. Do the, but then some fucking asshole comes over here because you didn't break him off. Right. You know, but it's, it's one of those things, bro. It's like my, the one thing my dad's always taught me is to just treat people right. You know, never, never think you're bigger than anybody because there's always something bigger and better than you. Yeah. And it's just like, just try to make people feel comfortable, bro. Like I try to put myself in shows where I say, would I want to go to that? Yeah. You know, when I do shows in Vegas, I don't go after Roddy Rich and all them because that's not my thing. I go after like what I would want to see. Yes. Genuine. Key Sweat. Where I'll take my lady and we'll go have a good time because I'm 41. So it's like, I'm not going to kid myself and pretend I'm something I'm not. Right. You know, when I bump my music, it's, it's, you know, it's Key Sweat. It's. You know, Tone Loke, it's all that. I, that's what I bump. That, that, Snoop Dogg, of course, me. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. With Tony A. There you go. <laughs> you know? There you go. Let, let's press pause right there. Sure. We're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break. Okay. We're going to come back with Bobby D Presents. Uh, please, everybody, uh, stay tuned. Call somebody, text somebody, uh, page somebody, slap the fuck out of somebody, let them know that Bobby D is in the <laughs> building. We're going to come back with some more amazing stories. Uh, once again, uh, uh Johnny, take us away. We'll come back. The Road and Mistake documentary, documentary.com. Make sure you go get it. We'll be back. Yo, welcome back, everybody, to episode 23, Rhodium Radio, here with Bobby D in the place to be. Hey. And uh, we're going to pick it up right where we left off. Uh, you were sharing with me a story on how your dad would drop you off and you would pass out flyers. Can right. you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, he was. Uh my my cousins and my brother saw it as a punishment, but he used to leave us there on Pacific Boulevard in HP, and uh, we'd promote Vicente Fernandez because my dad would also get contracted to do it because he was the man. You know, he was a good street promoter. Wow! And uh, he'd leave us there with like about ten thousand flyers. He goes, "I'll be back in about an hour." It would never be an hour. He'd be gone in seven eight hours later. He'd pick us up, and there was no cell phones back then. Wow! So all we had was I mean we're from HP, so it wasn't a big deal. We could run to my grandma's, but I put in work. You know, wow. I loved it. I love people seeing people's reactions. Like, oh my God, Vicente Fernandez. You know, uh, Juan Gabriel, let's do it. You know? Now, I, I know this may sound dumb, but you mentioned two, Juan and Vicente. Uh -huh. Did you ever meet them? Yeah, of course. You know, I met them on account that my dad was Ralph Hauser, rest in peace. He, he was his uh, his secret weapon. You know, he was a street promoter. Wow. You know I mean? So even though Ralph got big and was using K-Love and all the other big radio channels at the time, he would hire my dad to do all the street promotion. Which was me, and you know that was our little street team. Wow. <laughs> I was all his kids. Wow, dude, you definitely paid your damn dues. Oh bro. yeah, bro. Can't nobody take that away from you. But yeah. to be able to meet Juan Gabriel and Vicente Fernandez and all the, I mean, I still haven't even met those guys. But Juan, rest in peace. That was my mom's favorite uh, yeah. singer. Yeah. So she had a chance to meet him before she actually passed away. Mm -hmm. So we talked a little bit about promoting. So mm -hmm. now, uh, you guys did the Palladium. Mm -hmm. uh, they shut your beer down at. Uh, 10 if you will yeah what what came next for you just you know my dad would venture off into different places like the bonaventure hotel we did some big big shows at uh, the, the disneyland ballroom where i got to meet mark anthony the big international pop star yeah he was a nobody back then but my dad took a chance and we did about ten thousand people there Wow! and when i heard him singing in the background like warming up i said this guy's gonna be big this guy's gonna be, yeah he looked like a little chihuahua but you know <laughs> he made the women go crazy yeah, women yeah. do go crazy. Like I said earlier, Latin women, you know, mm -hmm. las Mexicanas, las Salvadoreñas, mm -hmm. las de Guatemala, the, be the best beautiful women in the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so now, you know, I had a question, okay? Sure. Uh, uh, and we'll probably, we'll come back to this, mm -hmm. but 
Uh, Bobby D is a promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I know you is Bobby D presents. Right. Uh, before we get into Uncle Snoop's army, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about does. Say I come up the street and I run into you mm-hmm. at a Starbucks and I say, "Hey, Bobby, uh, are you signing any artists? Like, mm-hmm. how does one go about, like, possibly getting on one of your shows mm-hmm. or submitting music? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how would you answer that if I came up to you?" Well, we've been real lucky because social media, you know, which I wasn't really, you know, savvy on, but like Blanca, who's here, you know, Giselle. Uh, Patty, they all kind of taught me the social media, how important it was. Because yeah. it just was one of those things where I thought it was cheating. You yeah, know? yeah. Because I was an old school promoter. And now it's like we put stuff on Instagram where it says, get, you know, email Bobby at Bobby D. Mm-hmm. And I get flooded with all that stuff. And, and I listen to every single thing. Right. You know, I, I don't necessarily respond right away, but I do re- eventually respond. Because um, it's hard to go through all that. It's very, very hard. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to give the artists that we do have a chance, like Tay the Third, you know, who's going to be super hot. He's from Long Beach. Uh-huh. I mean, he's, uh, he's half black, half Cambodian. Okay. And he's just blowing people's minds. I put him on the tour, and people are just like, who is this dude? You know yeah, I mean? as a matter of fact, my son, I don't know, he's around here. He's yeah. the one that turned me on to him. Yeah. For the longest time, my son right. been telling me, take turn, take turn, take Yeah. And I'll be honest, I never heard of the dude back then, so yeah. I'm like, who the hell is that? Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I signed him officially as a manager, and, and he's just a great kid. So humble. Like, when he sees Snoop, and he, you know, or anybody, if you're the janitor, he goes up to you first, shakes your hand, says, how you doing, sir? Bubba, nice to meet you. I'm about to kill the stage. And he does, bro. He backs it up. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, uh, so back to my question. If I were to say, "Hey, Bobby, mm-hmm. you know, they call me, you know, Tony Panfilo. Right. Uh, 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 here's my tape. Yeah. You know, like, do, do you accept stuff like that off yeah, the street? Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, you never know who you may turn down, bro. That's why I always say, like, don't diss that person who looks what, however they look, because they may be the next big thing. Yeah. You're and, right. I, and I don't ever want to lose, you know, the chance to say, oh, man, Bobby fucked me over and didn't give me a chance. You know, I, I try to give everybody the opportunity. If you got talent, it's going to speak for itself. Right. You know? no, so, no, you're absolutely right. You yeah. Know? Because, um, okay, we started this podcast maybe four months. It's mm-hmm. only episode 23. Mm-hmm. And I encourage people. But I know some people get ticked off at me because they told me, hey, man, I want to send you. They'll just DM me their videos. They'll DM me their music. Right. And I clearly tell them on here, I won't listen to it there. Email it to me. Right. Me and my team, we'll get together. Mm-hmm. We'll go through it. And if we feel that if it fits Rodian Radio, we'll invite them onto the show. Sure. I don't care if they're a new artist or an older artist, but mm-hmm. submit your music. Right. Some people say, why do I have to email it? I've been doing shows. I've been. Do-. It kind of makes me feel like they think they're entitled to it. Right. Uh, all I say is this, look, give me a time to listen to it and we'll get back to you. Somebody from my team mm-hmm. will get back to you. And after we listen to it, sure. because uh, let's just be honest, Bobby, you've been in this a lot longer than me mm-hmm. and you just can't just take anybody because they say I'm an artist. Right. You can't right. because number one, you got to get people to show up right. on here. When you interview somebody, you got to get people to tune in. Right. So I always say, you know, it's, it's always important if you have a little bit of history. Sure. So that way people at least can say, okay, I know who that is. I, I know what song, etc. Right. But now, um, uh, do, do you plan at all to, or I, I, I'm, I'm asking it as uh, if a fan is asking you now, mm-hmm. do you plan at all to ever open up a record label? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of following Snoop's footsteps. He's teaching me the, the game as far as that, because I don't know much about it. You know, right. I'll be the first to be very, very honest and say, I don't even know how to get stuff streamed on Spotify and all that, but I'm learning. Okay. Um, the one thing I do know how to do, though, is promote. Like, yeah. if, you know, I'm getting tape popular. Uh-huh. Because he's got talent, number one. So he the, the vessel's already there. Yes. I'm just pushing and exposing it with Blanca and everybody else on my team. You know, right. we're, we're making sure, like, trade the truth from Texas. We're pushing him. You know, when you've been in the game that I've been in, 
you know how to push things. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So whether it's a certain product or whether it's a certain artist, you know how to push things. You know how to push things. Yeah. You know, and I always encourage people. If if I give if I tell you the truth and I say, you know what, I'm not really feeling it, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that somebody else may not be feeling it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Uh, uh, maybe it was just not my cup of tea, mm -hmm. but I always encourage them to keep pushing it. But I always say this, look, if you have a dream, pursue your dream, mm -hmm. but please have some talent to back up that dream. Right. You know, because today we just have people that just like, I just want to rap, dude. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. cool. Yeah. You know, because they see people just upload their video on YouTube or Instagram and mm -hmm. they want to be Insta famous. And, right. you know, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Right. So, uh, so now you touched again on promoting the Palladium. Mm -hmm. You, you, uh, um, uh, you, you, you talked a little bit about how your dad would have you pass out flyers. Yeah. Uh, um, w w when did you start, if you will, like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start putting together Bobby D presents. Sure. When did that come about? I started doing all age parties. I worked with uh, Edgar and John Pinion. Okay. We were doing, he was doing Ruby Sundays. I kind of watched what he was doing and I was like, man, this dude's got it going on. You know, it was, yeah. all, it was just off the hook. I was about 17. And I said, man, if my dad's doing it, if John's doing it, I could do it. So then we start, we started something called Strawberry Sundays. I didn't create it, but my my, my uh, partners, Edgar International, did. And we started doing these all-age parties, Purple Shield. I don't know if you remember that. No, no. Yeah, they were ditching parties. Oh. Yeah, so, you know, but I was pulling Exhibit, the alcoholics back then. You know what I mean? Just because I had a little, you know, right. people knew in the street who I was. So I said, hey, come perform at my thing. And that's how I got the bug really for it. Okay. I said, man, I'm doing this on my own now. I don't have my dad, you know, right. necessarily telling me I'm doing this wrong or right. You know right, I mean? right, and they started taking off. Okay, and we were doing like two thousand people at the Rodeo in in, in uh, Pico Rivera. Really? Yeah, it was cool. Wow. Yeah. Did you ever do anything at Potreros? You ever heard of course, of, that? of course. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I probably went, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, we I had a lot of fun. Go there, man. Yeah, we had some good events, bro. Now, uh, again, uh, I know I probably seem like I'm everywhere, but mm -hmm. uh, it's because I'm trying to okay. When did that name Bobby D present? Has it always been? Okay, here, here's the here's the the story behind Bobby D presents is we're German and Mexican, so we okay. call, we laugh. We say we're Beiner Schnitzels. You know what <laughs> I mean? So because my dad's last name is German, it's Driesland. So every time you know people ask what, so my dad just you know I'm just Bobby D. That's that, I'm just Bobby D. Right. I was known as Fresh. That was my nickname. And since I was a baby, my dad called me Fresh, and it was Bobby D and Fresh always together. You know what I mean? And wow. it just became easier to say. Bobby D presents, as opposed to Bobby Dreesland presents, and the name stuck, and you know, you ran with it. Yeah, ran with it. Yeah. That's dope, man. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I'll share with you how we came up with Tony A. Sure. It all goes back to the fourth grade. There were four Tonys in my class. Uh -huh. My teacher was named Miss Van. There was Tony A. There was Tony M. There was Tony O. And there was Tony B. There you go. And but every time she called Tony, we all said yes. <laughs> so she finally said, "Okay, you're Tony A. Right. You're this." So and then what happened was. Uh, 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 I started DJing as a teenager. Somebody asked me. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, it was JC from Carson. Right. What do they call you? Uh, they just call me Tony. No, what's your DJ name? And I just said, uh, Tony A. There you go. That's all I said. So it stuck. Then I met Steve Yano, this uh, Japanese man here. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, you need a better name than that, man. So then he goes, I'm going to come up with a better name because the DJ needs a name. Yeah. I was like, all right. Back then, hip-hop guys had three names like Cool Mo D, right. Grandmaster Flash, uh, Cool Rock Ski. Mm -hmm. You know, so he goes, your name is going to be T uh, 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 Tony A, the Wizard. That's dope. And I was like... Oh, okay, why the wizard? He goes, I don't know, because you're fast. And I go, wizards are fast? Okay, cool. I'll roll with it, bro. <laughs> I said, I'll roll with it. Fuck yeah. it. So that's 
been my name ever since. That's so. dope because I remember when you know when I was younger, I used to look at your guys' tapes, and you were always all buffed up, bro. You were always <laughs> yoked. I'm like, man, what's this about to do? Is it in prison or something? Like he's always buffed up. You know what I mean? Either that, or I was buying shirts from Baby Cat. There you go, bro. Me like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. So 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 now uh, getting into uh, the Palladium, mm -hmm. you left there. Yep. You uh, are doing other. Are you doing other clubs now? Uh, now? Yeah, starting to. Have you ever did like multiple here and there, or did you just? Really you know, stick I, to I, one? I, I, my dad was doing shows with the Quiet Cannon in okay. Montebello, QCs they call it now. And I fell in love with the place. I saw an easy way in. I started doing the freestyle stuff. Then I started doing like PD Pablo, Akon, Ciara. I had some big names in there, Rihanna. I had some big, big names that before they broke in uh -huh. that place. So I was kind of following again my dad's lead, the way he did it in '87. And I did it the same way there. And um, you know, that's how I started maintaining my relationship with the big dogs, the WMEs, the CAAs, where they said, okay, who's this guy that keeps calling and paying big money? But I was I was charging good money at the door. Right. You know, I had the cojones to, to charge 40, 50 bucks at the door. And I was yeah. getting it. You know, who, where are you going to see Akon at? Yeah. I'm not going to see him at a club. Where are you going to see Ciara? You know what I mean? And we did great. So it was cool. Shit, dude. Yeah. I, I wish I had the cojones yeah, you know, to well, do that shit. Well, sometimes, like I said, I would lose. So I had the, the stupidity to you know to walk away and say, damn, that was dumb. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, you've won more than lost. Yeah. But can you say that there were, well, you gave a story when you said, fuck, nobody showed up. Right. Did that happen a lot? Uh, yeah, it happened a few times. I thought we were we did expose. You mentioned them. And I thought for sure we were going to have 3,000 people. Bro, 15 people showed up. It was horrible. And I had to look at the girls and say, look, it's not your fault. It's my fault. And I thought I did everything in my power, promoting it, blah, blah, blah. And, and they were so bummed out. And I said, it's not your fault. You know, one of them started crying. She's like, they don't love us. I'm like, yes, they do. It was just, I didn't, I did something wrong. You know what I mean? Wow. It was a bummer, bro. It like really hurt my feelings. I'm like, man, maybe I should not do this anymore. You know what I mean? Wow. But then we bounced back the following with PD Pablo and did 3,000 people. So. You, you know, it's funny. Okay. Uh. Uh, there's been times where I've DJed like for Quick, Second to None, AMG, yeah. and High C. We did little tours, mm -hmm. and many times we've gotten there where the promoter, you guys ready to go? Yeah, we're, go we're, gonna, we're gonna go do radio. Yeah. Then we're gonna come back to the club, get soundcheck, go back to the hotel, mm -hmm. get something to eat, get dressed, come back, and mm -hmm. we'll perform. Mm -hmm. Nobody's there. Yeah. And uh, now, as a promoter, I'm gonna ask you this: Did sure. it ever come a time where you said, "Look, bro, nobody's here. I can't pay you everything." Yeah, there have been times when I had to be a janky promoter in the beginning, bro. But I never ran. It just I, the only time that I ever got in trouble with an artist was Lisa Lisa. I got really drunk, and I forgot to pay her. And I remember, bro, like she, I took off in her limo. I was that's how faded I was, and she was chasing me. You motherfucker! You better come back here, Bobby. I swear to God, I'll rip your fucking balls off. And I just took Damn. off laughing. This was like in QC's of 2006, and you know now I'm her manager, and I love her to death, bro. It's so funny, yeah. like. She wanted to kill me for like two weeks. She wouldn't talk to me. Finally, I'm like, I got your money. It wasn't that I got drunk. She goes, you stupid motherfucker. You know, it was funny. I, I bet I bet you she got a hell of a lot of stories to say. Oh, yeah, tell you. Remember, she's from uh, Hell's Kitchen, so she don't miss around. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. like 5'3", but she you don't want to miss with her. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Now, did you ever get any of those? Uh, um, and I'm asking because sure. uh, I've dealt with a lot of promoters that have said, hey, man, you know what? Uh, nobody showed up. I can't give you all your money. Mm -hmm. Or... Did you ever meet any of those artists that wanted more money because it was packed? No, thank God I didn't, bro. Because I wouldn't play that shit no matter what. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm never gonna pay you less, even right. if even if I bomb, I won't pay you less. But I'm not gonna pay you more because you're gonna hold me by the balls. You know, unless I had open end contract, which I never do. Okay. I always do flat rates. If you want five thousand, okay, cool. You know, but I'm not gonna give you less or more. Okay, you know can can I mean? you explain the open one? Sure. Compared to the flat, open end contract means just like you know, there's a a back end deal. 
Like if you sell out, you got to owe them, you know, after you made a certain amount of money, then they get the rest. I don't do that because I don't want no one in my business, number one. And number two, I always ask the artist, is this what makes you happy? You happy with that? Okay, cool. And that's it. And they're cool like that. You know what I mean? Mm, a lot okay. of the new companies like Live Nation, they deal on, on percentages, but it's always it's always set up for the artist to lose. And I feel yeah. like telling them, I, that's why I would, you know, I manage Snoop. I'm like, I won't take those deals for Snoop because yeah. I know you're going to screw us. I know the game. You know, <laughs> so I just say, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm cool. You know? Wow. Pay us what I feel he's worth, and then we're cool. You know what I mean? You ever had to get violent with any artist? Violent? <sighs> a few times we had fights, you know, especially back in the days. Capone, you know, almost started one one time. Really? Capone, yeah. It wasn't him. It was his entourage because he's the, he's the best dude on earth. Bro. I love Capone, like I, I was telling you earlier. But, you know, and I actually told Capone, bro, you're so talented. Like, lose some of the entourage. Don't forget where you came from, but lose some of them and, and what? And he's been doing it, you know? And yeah. So he's got, we got some good things popping coming up with uh, with him. He'll be on some of our shows. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Now, can you share with us a little bit earlier? You had shared with me how he uh, used to get his, I guess, music pressed up. Yeah. Your dad's yeah. My, my dad would press CDs for him. Now, now it sounds like your dad did a lot of things. Yeah. Like, so did he have his own, like, storefront? Like, own, own printing company. Really? Yeah. And hey, we still do. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, see, I'm learning something. Yeah, brother. So uh, he would come and just you press up CDs? Yeah. And like I said, he's, he's, Papone's an entrepreneur, bro, where like he was doing this by himself because other labels wouldn't, you know, give him what he wanted. So he says, you know what? I'm going to do this myself. That's why, like, I hear some things about him. All, all I know is he's a hustler, bro, and he represents for the, for the Brown. And, you know, he's never misrepresented that he's Middle Eastern. He just says, I got the brown spirit in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen his money's always been green and always been cool. He's never asked for discounts. He's just, in my books, one of the best artists in the world. Dope. Yep. Dope. And you know what? You can't say that about too many other people, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what are the artists, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, uh, would go to your dad's shop to get their stuff printed? Uh, you know, the Temerarios. Oh, there are a lot of Latin, a lot of Latin groups. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but as far as like... The, the major artists at that time were still signed to like Def Jumps. They, they didn't need to go direct. Okay. That's why Capone was one of the few and many, like Sugar Free gets his stuff pressed okay. know, independently. Um, but the big artists were doing it through their labels too. You know, CDs kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah. So it's like very rare that he presses a Benny. I think Capone still does some for like the swap me shops, this, right. that, you know what I mean? The mind pause. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, not really. I know earlier you had told me, uh, mentioned about Mellow Manace. Much love to Mellow Manace. Yeah. That your dad and him were actually really good friends. Super tight. Yeah, super yeah. tight, bro. My, my dad always gave him an opportunity, and he was always pushing his brother's group at the time, which was Cypress Hill. Uh -huh. And Cypress Hill was because in Southgate, they were born on Cypress and Hill. Yeah. So that's where that name came out. Yeah. And he would always say, man, if you love me, Bob, watch when my brother comes out. So he was always pushing Stenon's group, you know, which is B-Real and, yeah. and Muggs and, and uh, you know. So he, he's always been cool, man. I remember I, I look up to Melvin when I was a little kid. I said, that dude's smooth, bro. He had the fedora, the cigar. Yeah. Yeah, he was feeding it. <laughs> yeah, now, here's another, here's another uh, funny, uh, well, funny question. Sure. Was there ever an artist that you said, man, I want to meet this guy? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of said, man, I wish I wouldn't have met that guy. Yeah. There was a few times when, because, you know, when you see him in the magazine, you think, oh, man, they got to be the coolest dude on earth. And I met people yeah. that just broke my heart, how rude they were and how mean. And, you know, like with Snoop, bro, like he he tells everybody hello. doesn't matter if you're fat, black, ugly, white, you know, pretty. He goes up to everybody and shakes their hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes the security doesn't allow him to do everything that he wants to do, but, you right. know, they're doing their job. Yeah. But I learned from, from the best that 
no matter how big he is in the status and in the, in the hip hop world, he's he's just humble, bro. You know, I I won't mention his name, but sure. my, my brother who used to work at that club in Long Beach, mm -hmm. uh, one day had R and B singer come in. Sure. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm gonna have access to get an autograph. So I took a specific paper, and I remember I was home. I was just a teenager. Mm -hmm. I folded up nice. I bought a brand new marker mm -hmm. because I want to see him. Uh, uh, sign it and I told my brother I'm gonna take the camera you take a picture yeah. with me you know yeah. and he said okay well uh well he came in with a huge entourage mm -hmm. and, and this club didn't have any alcohol right. Right? it was just an 18 over club sure and but he wanted to get drunk yeah so my brother actually went to the liquor store got him drunk in the limo then walked him in he was following around everywhere yeah the club was packed and then at the very end my brother said uh I want you to meet uh Tony my little brother yeah and he was like this where and he goes him right there and he goes like oh what's up so then i said can you give me you know autographs so he started yeah. signing everybody's autographs yeah. okay so i waited i waited i waited and then i finally went like this and he goes man what the fuck do you want yeah you know yeah. and honestly i didn't even want it broke again. your heart yes yeah. dude yeah i just said never again fuck you, you know dude. what i noticed with tony is that you know with the artist bro like it's very overwhelming you know in the sense that i think they get so overwhelmed you know you got people that are pulling you you know not trying to hurt you but i've seen it bro like with a lot of the artists that i manage and it's almost like love turns into hate sometimes. You know, if you don't get to sign that, then they're like, fuck you. It's like, whoa, hold on, bro. Like, he just, this guy just came, you know, on a six-hour flight. Give him a chance. You know what I mean? True. So it's like, you know, maybe that dude had a bad day. Maybe did some bad bumps. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Who knows, bro? But uh, I, it's heartbreaking, though. You know what I mean? Yes, it is. Because I had a lot of those run-ins also with boxers because I'm a huge boxing fan. Right. And, you know, I had the chance to meet Julio Cesar Chavez, which mm -hmm. was a nice guy. Sure. But, like, Maromero Payas, like, he was actually a real jerk, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I, I have to understand that they got people, you of know, you know right. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, um, so now, what, if you will, I know you say now that you manage. Mm -hmm. Obviously, is managing different from promoting? Yeah, big time. And how, how different? Well, I mean, when you're managing artists, you got to make sure that they're taken care of by the promoters that, you know, if they're not in your own show, you mm -hmm. got to make sure they're in good. They're, they're in a good situation. They're not going to be with a janky promoter. They're going to get paid, right. you know. Because if they don't get paid, if I don't get them paid, then I got to pay them. You know what I mean? You're right. responsible because you're getting a piece of what they do to right. be out there on stage, and you're not on stage. So if it falls apart, it's it's all it's all falls on you. So the promotion thing is one thing, but the management thing is you're just basically watching out for them and treating them as as family and making okay. sure that their deals are good and they're not going to get screwed over. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to bring something up to you that a lot of new artists go through, and I want to know how true this is. Sure. If it's really out there, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of artists they get asked by either promoters or club owners, "You want to come perform?" Mm -hmm. They'll say, "Yeah, you got to sell tickets." Yeah, and I'm 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 against that. Okay. I'm totally against that, bro. I'm I'm against two things. I'm against accepting money to perform on my shows because I just usually you know it's just not it's not in me. If you got talent, I'll, I'll, I'll fuck with you. And I don't believe in what you just said. I just, it's the two things that I don't believe in, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, when did that start? Has that always been? I've heard of it. And, you know, I just said, why are you going to make that man go hustle? He's got to be focused on the show that he's going to perform for for you. And that's it. Like, how are you going to make that man go out there and sell tickets? You know yeah. what I mean? To me, it's like, it's not earning your dues. It's disrespect, in my opinion. You know what I mean? But that's just my opinion because a lot of artists do it and, you know, a lot of promoters do it, but it's not my thing. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I never understood that because. Uh, I've had people that have asked me, Tone, would you manage me? Would you manage me? Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I didn't want to, because I don't know the first thing about that. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to even promote them if I wanted sure. to, other than posting them up on social media. Right. So I had to turn guys down. They said, hey, man, let's just do a show. We all put our money, and we'll go out and sell tickets. And yeah. I go, 
what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, this is what we do. This is what we do for this club and for this club. Right. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. I've never heard of that. Right. It you happens. Know. It yeah. happens, bro. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I think people want to meet, you know, mess with you, Tony, because you've been in this game for so long. You know so many people. So they automatically assume that you're going to go hook them up with this label, that label. You know, they may not understand that those labels aren't even around anymore. No. You know what I mean, bro? Like, when you were around, like, you know, that's when you and High C were probably making money on these on these tapes and CDs you sold. Now it's like you can't be shit in music. No. You, Just you, all live performances now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know what? I, and before we go to break, let's touch a little bit on that. Sure. In, in today's day and age with music, this is a very important question, especially for artists that are out there that mm -hmm. think that they can make serious money. Yeah. Can an artist make serious a new artist that's coming out today make some serious money uh let's leave the shows alone mm -hmm. streams sure is there money in that there is but you got to be consistent and you know you got to make sure that you're not paying for your own streams to be out there okay. you know like a, like a, an artist like king little g like we talked about he's badass bro like he goes out there and makes money because his music's good he's independent and people are buying his shit because he's that good you know capone does it a little bit different because he goes out there and, and sells them in the streets you know what i mean um, but yeah, you just got to just make sure your product's good enough, bro. You can make money in it. You know, okay. it's not it's not what it used to be because you're not getting a dollar ninety nine. What do you call it? A, right from a CD. Now you're getting like ten cents. See, and that right there is key because a lot of people don't know that part. Right. Right. They, you know, I've had rappers say, "Well, look, I'll just sell one song on Spotify or whatever for a dollar, mm -hmm. and if I sell a million, I get a million dollars." Nope, not even close. Not even. Not even close. Not even you're close. lucky if you walk out of there with ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's just one of those things where it's not what it's supposed to be. I mean, it's not what's cracked up to be. So there's a, there's definitely a disillusion or, or misconception about what what that is, bro. You know? So so would you say that we're at the point of music now where the only way you're going to make money is off of this performing? Mm, no, I mean, look, there's merch. You know, there's okay. there's the brand that you you represent. Like Tay the Third, he's got a just such a cool concept with the unicorn, and and he's a straight gangster, bro. Like he's the sweetest dude on earth, but then he's also got the other side of him. You know, but yeah. his merch is like a unicorn. With him as a baby, you know, a cartoon baby. Okay. So merch is huge too. You know, merch you could for each show you could walk out of with twenty, thirty grand. Wow. You know, if, Shit, if, if you're probably like like that shirt right there, bro, like that's badass. I could see that and that that would sell at my shows. You wow. know? Yeah. I think I need to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. We're gonna take a little break. We're gonna come back, finish off the last thirty minutes, and uh we'll give our shout outs and we'll say sayonara to everybody. Cool. Yeah. So once again, everybody, the Rody Mixtape Documentary. Uh I'm gonna give a shout out to uh well, you know what, first Hit us on the super chat, okay? Hit us on the super chat. I'm gonna share something that I should have shared in the first break. That I have three Rhodium mixtape documentary hats, and the first three people that hit us with a, at least a donation of uh, or a contribution of ten dollars or more on the super chat, uh, uh, get at us on IG and give us your address, and we'll send it out to you. At least uh, ten bucks or more or whatever, and we'll send you uh, the Rhodium mixtape documentary hat. We have three left. Uh, we're doing that. So hit us on the super chat. And uh, once again, we're going to go to commercial. When we come back, I'm going to play uh, Bobby a video and I'm going to ask him to elaborate on what took place there. So we'll be back. Yo, everybody, once again, uh, thank you, everybody, for the super chat, uh, $10 or more, and you get a hat, hit us up on IG, and we'll send them out to you, send us your uh, uh, address and everything. Once again, the Rhodey Mixtape Documentary, and uh, uh, on break, I asked you, how old were you when you got your first tattoo? Yeah, I was 17. 17 years old, and what was it? Liliana. <laughs> Liliana. <laughs> 
And what happened with that? It was all bad. Some big hairy biker gave me my first tattoo, and my mom, I had her removed out, so she couldn't say anything, but that girl broke my heart. She made me Darth Vader. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. hey, I like Darth Vader. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> so well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and roll a video, and then we're going to ask Bobby to elaborate a little bit on it. So, Johnny, whenever you're ready, go ahead and play it. There we go. Hey, y'all, I'm going <laughs> to put some words out about some punk-ass motherfucking agents mm -hmm. in the music industry that don't want to see a black man win as a booking agent. I'll be giving up names real soon and what company they would. You punk motherfuckers. Don't want to see a nigga win because I'm connected with somebody that's of a different ethnicity because I got a Mexican, a Latino working with me. It's black and brown and y'all don't want to see that? Fuck y'all, sister motherfucker. I'm sick of this shit. Any artist that's tired of being fucked over by these punk motherfuckers, mm -hmm. holla at Snoop Dogg and Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D. ASAP. Yeah, that was funny. What sparked all that, Bobby? Even if you don't got to drop names. Yeah, I won't drop any names. As you can see, I'm really not a name dropper, bro. Right. Especially with negativity. But um, what happened was we were getting blocked in certain things that we were trying to do as far as black and brown. You know, the, the industry, unfortunately, is still very segregated. You know? Yes. And what Snoop was frustrated about was like, all we're trying to do is just elevate and unify, you know, black and brown and, and yellow and white and all that, but mainly for, for the black and brown because the prison system has it set that we're not supposed to get along. Right. You know what I mean? And I've, I've been locked up, so I know what it, what, how heartbreaking it is to not be able to talk to people that, you know, that I'm, I, I like and this and that, and it's politics. You know, you yeah. either get your, get, get your ass whipping or you, you know, or you just go with the flow. And in my case, when I was there and did my little vacation, I, I, I went with the flow, unfortunately, and it broke my heart. But it is what it is. But out here, we're not in prison. Right. So it's like, you know, why not get down together? Why right. not show everybody that we can do this as far as, you know, uh, Latinos and blacks and, and be successful without Absolutely. having the backup of, you know, some big white company. You know what I mean? Of course. So that's, he was just frustrated, bro, because they were, you know, all the good we were trying to do, they keep trying to hurt us and keep trying to block us and stop us. And he just went off with it. I was like, whoa. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really like that. I thought that shit was dope. I shared oh, yeah. it. I saw that you had shared it. Everybody was sharing it because yeah. I've always preached uh, black and brown unity, black sure. and brown love. And I always tell people this. Uh, um, and I didn't even know we were doing this, so it's not like I'm trying to take credit. Sure. On mine and High C's first album mm -hmm. that I can remember, we're probably, when it came to rap, mm -hmm. the only black and Mexican together on an album cover. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and it's been like that since day one with us. Mm -hmm. So that's why I can be able to relate. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that my best friend is a black man. Uh, my brother married a black woman. Mm -hmm. uh, um, he, I have five nephews, uh, um, uh, two nieces, two ne three nephews that are black. Mm -hmm. uh, I have Vietnamese, Filipino, uh, white. Mm -hmm. uh, my grandbabies are uh, Italian and Irish and sure. Mexican. Sure. So I can't live with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So believe me, uh, I understood it. I just wanted to know what your take was on that. Um, I, I know he said he mentioned the word agents. Mm -hmm. Was there was there other agents? Yeah. Again, not to mention yeah, names, yeah, but yeah. was there other agents behind that? Yeah, there were some big companies that just kept spreading rumors about us. And I told one ag agent in particular, I said, "I'll stop telling the truth about you when you stop lying about me." Hmm. And and it took you know how you're thinking about it. He he did the same thing. I go, yeah, figure it out. And he did, you know, and he made some mistakes because. I wasn't I wasn't fighting him, you know. Right. So what happened was with Snoop, I didn't go looking for Snoop. Snoop approached me. Really? He said, Bob, and I've been watching what you're doing. I love these shows you're doing, blah, blah, blah. You know, how would you think about repping me? I said, man, I'm not a I'm not an agent. You know what I mean? And he goes, You're gonna become an agent real quick. And I took an agency license. I did it all right and went to school for a second and got it. Cause it's a bond you have to get. You actually have to go through a course, you have wow. to buy an insurance bond. 
and I did it. You know, so a lot of the companies didn't think we had it. So when they when they try to press on me and say he's doing this illegally, he's booking all these artists, I said, no, 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 here I am. Here's my serial number, blah blah blah. You know, and it's not a prison number; it's a serial number for yeah. You know? yeah. It was cool. Yeah, I love that about you, man. You know, it is the first time I meet you, bro, mm -hmm. and I already want to eat cotele camarón with you. And <laughs> there you more, go. Brother. That's right. Wow. Uh, so, so Snoop approached you on that. Wow. Mm -hmm. He kept showing up on my shows. Really? I was like, man, what's he doing here? You know? And uh, he's buying. Yeah, no, nah, because it was R and B shows. We had right. voiced men, and finally we chopped it up, and we had, we 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 shared a lot of the same interests and same ideologies. And he's just a cool cat, man. Like, I'm not hyping him up, but he's just a really really good person. You know, you, you, you know let, let, allow me to share this. Sure. Uh, I, I'm for unity. I'm for peace. Mm -hmm. I would like to really, really bring unity and do away possibly with hate amongst Raza. Right. Because many times we are our own worst enemy. Of course. You know, course. we hate on each other. Right. No matter how much you try to be a good guy, no matter how much you try to show peace, no matter how much you try to show love yeah. and try to help, there's always going to be some people that are always going to hate from your own ethnicity, if yeah. you will. You know, but I'm the same way for uniting uh, blacks and Mexicans sure. or blacks and Latinos sure. in general together. Sure. Right. Believe me, I'm for that. So when I saw that and he mentioned your name, get it, I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, it was cool, man. I'm all for that, man. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, brother, it, it, it's sincere. You know, like I said, he's got nothing to gain by working with me, bro, because he does not need me. You know what I mean? And and to know that he reached out to me was, was not only of an honor, it was just more like he just motivated me to do even better. Because yeah. I was doing fine on my own. But now I'm doing better, you know, and he, better. and he continually, continuously tells me, like, we have a song coming up with Banda MS, uh -huh. and it's a banger. It's going to change the game, bro. Like, I finally have the song now. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hit the table. Uh, <laughs> you want me not to. And it's going to be history, bro. You know, and everyone keeps asking, you know who Banda MS is, right? Yes, yes, it's the yes. biggest Mexican regional band in the world. And we got a song together now, and it's wow. going to be big. Yeah, we're doing a show in July with him, uh, Snoop and, and MS. Fuck. So, That's fucking know, awesome, yes, bro. Yes, sir. Well, hopefully I'll be there. Yeah, for sure. So now, uh, what exactly, for the people that may not know and they see it, mm -hmm. what exactly is Uncle Snoop's Army? Okay, Uncle Snoop's Army is a coalition of, of artists that, that you know, may not be getting called every day, whether it be the Mary Jane girls, that are, or people don't think they're being called, when in fact they are. Like, these artists are busy, bro. Like, you'll be surprised at how busy Brenton Wood is. You know, yeah. that man is making a great living because of promoters like myself that saw the value in what he's doing and paid him a little bit more. So I raised the bar. You know, a lot of the art, a lot of the promoters were paying him shit money, whereas I paid him more, but got that loyalty. So when I called and I wasn't buying him off, I just felt this is what you're worth. I can still make this amount of profit and still pay you this. So it worked out. So Uncle Soup's Army is just all those artists that needed, needed a little protection, a little, a little um, backup. And that's what we gave them, you know, and I don't mean back up by physically. I mean, back up by like promoting them in shows, putting them in different places where they're protected, they're safe, and they're getting the proper money. So that's what we do. We don't take a 10% commission. We put it on top. So their money is what their money is. Right. And it's just been great, bro. Like I said, we just signed Bone Thugs and Harmony. We got um, uh, Lisa Lisa. That, that was my next question. Like, who is a part of? Uncle There's too many Army. to mention, bro. But we got, you know, Trish Toledo, Warren G, uh, man, uh, Barbara Mason, a key sweat. Yeah, it's just a bunch yeah, it's of, a lot of them. Yeah, awesome. solid people, bro. That's, that's, that's freaking awesome. So, yeah. like, uh, like for example, let's just say I was Warren G. Sure. And you approach me, uh, Warren, I want you to be a part of Uncle Snoop's army. Mm -hmm. what, what is it that I can expect from you? Like, okay, uh, um, am I going to be on a tour? Do mm -hmm. I make this much money a year? Like, mm -hmm. how does that work? I always ask. I just had this conversation with Trish Toledo. I says, tell me your, your expectations, your goals, what you need to pay, and let's double that. Okay, tell me what, you, what base you need to hit. And I'll make sure, as your manager, as your agent, that I'll double that to make sure you're comfortable, you're and you're and you're happy. 
And she was so humble, bro. She said a really small number. And I'm like, wow, you don't realize how popular you are and how much people want to see you and pay for you. You know, so that's what I do. I just tell them, hey, let me really assess realistically what I could do for you. I'll put you on certain tours. You know, I'll get you, make sure you're eating. And I never, I never try to overpromise. Okay. You know? yeah, yeah. No, that's a good thing. All right. I'm going to start rapping because I need to go on tour. Sure. <laughs> Let's do it, brother. So, so now what can people, uh, well, well let, let me ask you this. Sure. What are you working on now? Are, is there more tours coming? Obviously, yeah. there's more shows because yeah. you do the summertime in the LBC. Mm -hmm. It's uh, called Once Upon, Once Upon a Time in the LBC. We had to switch it. Oh, okay. A little politics, but it's all good. You know, shout out to the the uh, the Dove Shack, okay. but they own that name legally. So we so now Snoop owns Once Upon a Time in the LBC. Okay, but they're always on our shows. You know, okay. they're, they're good dudes. Um, but we got that. We got Lovers and Friends coming up, which is like Usher, Lauren Hill, and about fifty other artists. It's gonna be wow. amazing. That's gonna be in May. So we wow. have some really good stuff coming up, bro, for sure. Okay, and I know you also do, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. uh, how the West was won? Were mm -hmm. you a part of that? Uh, I, I I helped uh, Live Nation out with that. That was actually created by Snoop. Snoop created How the West was won, and Live Nation took it and made it one of their brands. But okay. yeah, we're we're part of it with AD. You know from from K Day. Right. He's amazing, bro. He's he's one of the ones I look up to as well. You did one show a couple of years ago, man. That I wanted to go so damn bad, mm -hmm. bro. Ice Cube, uh, Snoop Dogg, and Cypress Hill. Yeah, that was off the hook. Kings of the West. That's one of my brands. Yeah, man, dude, I, I would. That's, I, and I really don't care to go to a lot of shows because sure. I've been to a lot of shows. Kind of like you, you don't show up to your own shows, <laughs> you know. But that one, I really wanted to go. So if there's ever really one, believe me, you're gonna be getting a. I, was, I almost said a page. Yeah, yeah You'll yeah. be getting a, a text. Yeah, Bobby, it's me, Tony A. Please, consider it done, my brother. You know what consider I'm saying? Consider it done. Uh, um, but that one, that one was a hot one, and that was sold out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people told me it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, I went to um, the OC Block Party, mm -hmm. and I went there with the expectations of, I didn't want to see artists, I didn't want to see cute, I wanted to meet Bobby <laughs> Dean, and you weren't even there, man. No, I was home, bro. I told you, I'm a homebody. You know, once I found out that everything was cool, and, and Ice Cube got paid, and you know, that's the main thing, because I also represent him. I'm not his exclusive agent, but I do represent him, and I wanted to make sure that as a promoter, I paid him, then as an agent, I made sure he, you know, he was in the right, right setup. And we doubled the numbers that they did last year because I jumped in with a Curious Entertainment. Uh -huh. And, you know, we, we doubled, if not tripled, the numbers they had. So mm -hmm. it's it's definitely a testament to what Bobby Dean, Uncle Snoop's Army, and my partner Jim do. You know, it's been great. So, yeah. so now, are, are, do you do that a lot, uh, Bobby? What's that? Where you put these shows on but don't show up? Sometimes, bro. Because, again, I remember I wear a couple hats. Like, the main thing is if Snoop's doing something, I have to be there with him. Okay. You know, he's he's. I definitely want him to know that I'm there. Not only because he's Snoop Dogg, but just because I genuinely love being around him. You right. Know, like, I, I have no problem, bro. You know, my girl will tell you, like, fetching him food. You know what I mean? Like, I, I become a prospect. You know what I mean? And whatever he needs, I go do it. I don't see it as, a, as, as degrading myself. I see it as, like, humbling. You right. know? Because I know he can't go out there and just go get a hamburger at In-N-Out. Right. So I'll go out there and get it for him. You know what I mean? And people think he has this crazy lifestyle. He's in there playing PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what he does. Or, or I don't know Xbox, whatever it is that Madden yeah. thing. I play PlayStation, yeah. the Xbox. Yeah, I'm, there you uh, go. I mean, I'm I'm a uh, Madden PlayStation guy. Bro, he's a champion, bro. He's a champion, like in twelve countries, and he takes it real serious. Really? Oh, bro, like you don't understand. He got the whole setup, and we 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 literally have a big suitcase full of all his stuff for every hotel room. He sets it up and brings his own TV, a big fifty-inch TV, and plays. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna talk a little mess right now. Yeah. So if you ever could ever hook it up, it'll have to be me and Snoop. There you go. Heads up. He's play, bad, bro. I'm telling I play you. with the Cowboys. There you go. All so, right. Uh, he's a Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. As a matter of fact, I googled a picture of him one time. And he was wearing the Cowboys jersey. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So um, 
Now, I know he just did that. Uh, I want to thank me tour. We're still on it. Really? Yeah. Well, how, the, we how have many days total? Uh, 28. It's wow. a 28 day, uh, day tour. And then this Saturday, we pick up again in uh, Agua Caliente in Rancho Mirage. Mm -hmm. It's sold out. And then we go to the East Coast the following week and go wrap it up. Now, on, on these uh, shows with him, do you go? Always. Always. He, he, you know, he likes uh, boots on the ground. He likes soldiers, not pencil pushers. You know? Right. So I'm there, bro. It's, it's fun, man. Like I said, it's not fun in the sense that we're doing crazy things. It's just fun seeing the crowds and... You know, I've been to some white areas where I'm like, damn, I love Snoop Dogg. I'm like, really? So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know, he is possibly the most famous rapper Absolutely. right now. 100%. On, on the face of the earth. 100%. I agree with that 100%, bro. And, and, and that's no disrespect to Biggie or Jay-Z or whoever's in lifestyle. I mean, not Biggie, but Jay-Z and Kanye. But Snoop's by far the most outspoken and the one that I think resonates with everyday people. Yeah. And, and you know, you could just look at his Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's funny. And... uh for me, the jokes, the memes, yeah. the guy keeps it fucking real. Like, yeah. it, it's fucking hilarious, Oh, yeah, bro. he's funny, bro. You know, I, I had a chance to meet him, but it was back, back, like, in the chronic days. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, handshake where I would be in the same room with him. Yeah. But my experience was more around the quick and those guys, sure. yeah. you know. Yeah. So, uh, now, this is just me just thinking sure. Bobby D. Big. Do you guys ever plan on doing any type of documentaries, movies, or any reality TV shows? Um, myself, you know, I'm always told, but I'm, I'm too shy, bro. It's like, I don't want to be the focus of anything. I'd rather be the guy behind the scenes or just doing behind my dad because he had a crazy life. If I could do a movie about him, it'd be a winner. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But as far as, yeah, you know, I'm cool. You know I, mean? I got stories, but I don't want to bore you with them. <laughs> <laughs> now, now. Uh, as far as, uh, let, let, let's take it a step further, as far as movies about maybe like, hey, Snoop, let's put together a movie. Yeah. Let, you know, it, was there ever any talks about I, that? I try to stay TV in my shows? lane, bro. I try to stay in my lane in the sense that, you know, I, I just focus on the music, the concerts, because mm -hmm. he gets overwhelmed and then you start becoming a groupie. You know what okay. I mean? And I don't want to do that. I'd rather just be like what I'm good at, which is promoting shows and, and managing and this and that. So I hear people pitch him stuff all the time. When I'm okay. around him, bro, all, all I want to know is what kind of, how he wants a cheeseburger done. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Okay. Well, you answered a lot of my questions sure. here. Uh, uh, because we were going to say, what are you doing now? Well, mm -hmm. what, what can we expect? Yeah. But uh, other than that, um, what, what can we expect here, mm -hmm. if you will, on the West Coast as far as shows? I know we have the summertime one. Yeah. That's going to be in uh, July, July 25th and 26th. Then we have Lovers and Friends, which is a big R&B show. Every single 2000 act that you could ever think of, Brandy, Ashanti, Ja Rule, Monica, you know, music soul child, everybody make it. And then we got some new ones, Mega The Stallion, uh, Kehlani, they'll all be on there. Wow. Usher, uh, Lauren Hill, B2K, Little John, uh, Ludacris, everybody's on there. It's going to be about 50 artists. And you're going to be like, wow, John B, Blackstreet, everybody. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be about, you know, it's going to be epic. Do, do, do you, do you still, um, how would you say, um, still have good time at shows? Oh, yeah, of course, bro. Like, you know, I, I'm very shy. Like, I, despite me being here, I'm probably red right now, but I'm very shy when I, you know, I always stay in the cut. You know, like I'm not the type to go try to go pursue the artist and go say hi because I'm afraid I'll get disappointed like you did. Right. They're going to be a jerk to you and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, even though, I'm the, even though I'm paying their bills for that day. Right. I just say, if they want to see me, cool. If not, I'll just stay right here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not trying to be cool, but I, I don't want to set myself up to fail. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Um, um, I, had a, I had another question, another sure. interesting question. Um as far as um, I know, you said you had all of these shows coming up. Mm -hmm. is, is there anything? How would you say? Um, any one concert that you look forward to, possibly every year that you throw around here? 
the, my, 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 my baby is the freestyle festival, but we kind of put it on hold because um, it got kind of, you know, people started doing it too much. And there's only so much demand. There's only so many times your Thea and your mom are going to go on to see Lisa, Lisa and Stevie B. Yes. You know, so the one I look forward to every year is um, LBC, of course, but the, the R&B Rewind Fest. Okay. That's usually anchored by Key Sweat. And I'll put like TLC this year, uh, Next, uh, John B, Donnell Jones, Rough Ends. Uh, color me bad okay. and we're sold out it's gonna be january 19th but that's what i look forward to because i love the music okay. and i love seeing blacks browns filipinos it's just cool bro everybody have i, I would love if time. you guys come to the show i have extra tickets if you guys want to come as for us you know just coming and hanging out and put your logo up there It'd be cool. most definitely yeah for uh, sure another thing that i wanted to ask you because i know i think it was either the last year one mm -hmm. or the year before but i think it was the last year one mm -hmm. you had nipsey yeah nipsey hustle we had him for kings of the west okay and lbc and it was heartbreaking because uh, he was going to be on Kings of the West, which we did in San Jose, and it sold out. We did 14,000 people uh -huh. with The Game, Snoop, E-40, Too Short, uh, Ice Cube. And he was supposed to be – he was the third headliner. And we also had him as third headliner on LBC. And Big U – I talked to Big U from um, from L.A., and I asked, is it true? He says, yeah, he just passed away. And uh, broke my heart, bro, because he was just on his way to be big. Yeah. Yeah. And he had hey, a, did you ever have like – because I know you meet a lot of artists, sure. so I have to ask – one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations, hang out with him at no, all? I never did, bro. I just know that Snoop told me that that's the closest thing to his protege. You know, he always said that's little Snoop, you know, but I never got to meet him, unfortunately. So I can't say, you know, I knew him and I was tight with him. I wasn't. I just knew that he was up and coming and that the way people would react to him was just, you know, pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 So he had a lot of charisma. He was a good-looking kid and just sad, bro. Yeah. Uh, my son is actually the one that turned me on to him. He would always like, Nipsey this, Nipsey that. Yeah. And I, you know, again... I don't listen to a lot of new rap sure, today, you yeah. know. Uh, he was like, Dad, you need, to, you need to check out Nipsey. And I was like, who in the hell is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when he uh, passed away, mm -hmm. uh, I took him. I said, let's just go over there, man. Because sure. I, I felt that, that I owed it to him because I would never want to listen to his music. Right. My son is always trying to teach me right. new music. And I, I'll be honest with you, maybe that's when I'm a bad dad because yeah. I don't pay attention to yeah. that. But... Uh, now, I mean, like me, I would love to take my team to whatever show. And, yeah, they love it, you know, bro. Especially my son. Yeah. Especially my son. I, I have a 21-year-old, and I have an 11-year-old, a little girl and, and, a, and a boy. And they're both always teaching me about who's hot. So I listen. Because, yeah. you know, if I want to move into these, these, these newer markets where I'm doing old school mix with Kehlani, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, Saweetie, I got to listen to what my kids think is hot. You know what I mean? Right. So right. you got to okay. listen, bro. You know? Yeah. All right, man. Other than that, we've come to pretty much our end. Is there anybody you would like to give a shout out or acknowledge? I, let me say something. Sure. I want to say hello to his father. Yeah. To yeah. to his dad. Yeah. Uh, because you know what? Because he played such a, uh, you know, just such, such a vital role in your life. Mm -hmm. And I loved hearing the father and son stories. And I'll tell you why. Because my father, being a father of 10, mm -hmm. I, I don't re ever remember ever spending one-on-one -on -one time with my father right um uh, when he wanted to go to tj uh you know he would take me and my son i mean uh, my younger brother yeah. and we would go on the bus mm -hmm. but you know the sad part is my dad was always drunk <laughs> he'll get up at 12 o'clock at night old school mexican yeah dude yeah. and and go give me one more and yeah. those are really my stories about my dad so when i hear your stories yeah uh, they really mean a lot, also a lot to me. But you got to well. remember, bro. Like, like it wasn't easy being right. being with him because I I put in work. My my other brothers, they 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 love my dad just as much, and he loves them too. But I was down to put the work in. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I didn't. I would wait till four in the morning till he'd get home from the club, and 
what do you need me to do? I'm ready. You know what I mean? The next artist, let's go to, uh, drop me off over there on Pacific Boulevard. I'm ready again. You know? Right. So, you know, I, I, I earned that with him because I definitely love being around him, but I love the hustle that he taught me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as saying hi to anybody, just my mom and dad. I mean, they're, they're my anchor and, you know, I love them to death and they're, they're alive and kicking and, and doing good. You know, I take care of them now, so. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, I love that you said I take care of them. Yeah. Because I think that that's what we should do. Sure. Of course. You know. Yeah. So that's amazing. You know what? And I could keep going on and I could probably mm -hmm. just be interviewing you just for me. You know. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and give a shout out to everyone. First of all, uh, let me give a shout out. First of all, to Bobby D for coming over here, for Thank giving you. me the opportunity. I've been truly blessed, humbled, and honored Thank to you, be man. able to sit down with you and talk with you and just even learn from you, sure. you know, because the, being 51 years old, you know what, you can never stop learning, Right. you know. Uh, also to my right-hand man, John motherfucking Elkins, because without him, none of this would be possible. Yeah. My boy, Daniel D uh, DG Media Clips, uh, my boy, Doc Nasty, my MC. Mm -hmm. Also, Big Daddy Swoles, you don't ever want to fuck with D oh, Big yeah. Daddy Swoles. Oh, you can see that. You know, uh, uh, Blanca, Blanca came, yeah. and Blanca, uh, Jay Booty, Jay she's watching. <laughs> and uh, everybody else who tuned in, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Sunday, I have another special guest. I have a female coming in, very, very talented female. And uh, uh, you guys have asked, so tune in on Sunday. Once again, the Rhodium Mixtape Docu-Mixery. Uh, um, you can order that at DocuMixery.com, unlimited streaming. Um, the hats, for those of you that have donated, uh, DM me and we'll get back to you. Uh, send us your address and we'll send them out to you. Other than that, man, I just want to say, uh, once again, thank you for everything. Thank you, brother. And you. you know what? I don't know what I can offer, but if you ever need me for anything, <laughs> I'm right here. If you need me to flip tortillas. Just our friendship, brother. That's yes, it. Sir. Now we're friends, bro. Yes, I appreciate absolutely, you. Thank you, brother. Man. And I'll make sure I support the show, too. Thank you. A absolutely. Thank yeah, you very much. That. So, everybody, oh, Sabrina, big shout out to Sabrina. Yes, so everybody, once again, much love, much respect. God bless. Have a blessed night, and we'll see you guys Sunday, and we out. Thank you.